Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scooty. Yo! And Johnson. Guido uh, sometimes may be good and sometimes may be, you know, not so good. Not so good. Yeah, so WVU, exactly. Sometimes this week, good. Uh, Oklahoma State. Sometimes this week, bad. Uh, second half of Kansas game. like Yeah, specifically. It's, it was a tale of four odd quarters, I would say, here for WVU. Let's start, guys, with the win over Oklahoma State, 70-60. to 60. And I think, for me, the key craziness of, like, I don't understand WVU basketball was the fact that Gabe Osaboyan played out of his mind like this was no Gabe we had ever seen before he scored 12 points he had eight rebounds he was making free throws like it it was really strange Scooty well we were kind of getting a lot of offense for him I mean, we expect the other stuff but we don't usually get offense out of him um and at times it looks as though he's holding on to some sort of uh molten lava rock that just came out it of a does. volcano when he goes into the lane um, I mean, sometimes when he gets the basketball, it does look like he's a little confused as to what somebody to do has with just it. tossed him like a legitimate hot potato out of an oven. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we we joke about Gabe's offense, but the thing that got me in this game is, you know, it's not unusual for Gabe to assertively drive the ball to the rack. He can get the ball to the rack. I mean, and he's actually quite good at it. It's just. Oftentimes he doesn't finish or he dishes or something, but often he just doesn't finish when he gets there. In this game, I feel like he couldn't miss against Oklahoma State. He There were a couple times like someone fouled him. I, I think one particular play, someone fouled him, grabbed his arm. He just sort of flung it toward the rim and it spun in the bucket. You know, it was like right. it was one of those games he couldn't do anything wrong. And I, I thought it was cool. Good for him. What I think he went for 12 points, eight rebounds. I mean, he was he was playing terrific. I think for me, uh, it was it was definitely fun to watch him, but. Overall, the team just as a whole play good. Jalen Bridges leads the team with 22 points. Taz has 13. McNeil has 12. Gabe has 12 as well. Uh, so, you know, we saw the points at least spread out a little bit more. A couple of guys in double digits. I mean, Oklahoma State came in. They were healthy. They played um, not as good as I I think I expected them to play, Scooty. I mean. Well, for, for me, I, I think that. One thing is evident is that um, there aren't too often where I think Hugs will acknowledge young coaches. I mean, he does. Like, don't get me wrong, he does. But Hugs has a genuine respect for Mike Boynton, and I think um, a lot of that is because of how Mike carries himself, how he goes about his his business, and how he gets his teams ready. And typically, um, those teams have been a rough matchup for us in the in the recent past. So uh, there is a, a mutual respect for Oklahoma State on our side. Yeah, and can we just agree? I don't know. I feel like you guys will agree. As far as – like there's a lot of hateable Big 12 coaches, right? I mean, there's a right. plethora. I I don't hate Mike Boynton. In fact, I actually kind of really like Mike Boynton. And Same. You know, like on the – basketball and football Big 12 teams, I tend to – I mean, not that I'm rooting for any one of them, but I, I – 
I don't have a dislike for Oklahoma State basketball that I do for a lot of other teams in this conference. So I, I agree with you, Scoot, and I think that's a big he he just seems like a coach you would want to play for. You can tell it's it's easy to see that he gets a lot out of his guys, and it's easy to see that because he he's seems like a good guy. Well, he's one of those guys. There are few in the conference that I would say, oh man, he'd be a, a good guy to have as our coach. Yeah, right, right. I feel that way about Mike Boynton. Like a, if Hugs stepped away and they went on a national search and for some reason Mike Boynton was interested and we offered him the job, I would be like, all right, this guy knows kind of how to handle himself and how to ha- you know take care of business. So I'd feel good about it. Um, there are some other guys on this in this conference that I would like to – I don't even know. I, I I can't stand them. Well, I think the other thing, Guido, we have to mention, we have to mention it, right? As a team in this game, WVU shoots 21 of 22 from the free throw line. Was that – I? I I text and I know we're gonna get to the Kansas game, but this weekend I text you guys. Well, at least we're shooting great from the free throw line again. And I stopped and I thought, when have I ever sent those words to you guys before? It just feels weird. I mean, it's awesome, but it's it's like a thing that used to be an Achilles heel is now is now this this big plus. I think that's this team and a might like I think that's this team, right? So stuff that typically was good for us is not offensive rebounding. Um, you know, rebounding margins, things of that sort. Um, typically having some inside presence. We don't really have that, but we're going to have random games where we go almost 100% from the foul line, or we're going to have random games where uh, a guy that doesn't start is going to lead our team and he's known for his defense. He's going to lead our team on offense. Right. Like you're going to have those games with this team because this team right now is, yes, the record is what 13 and 3 is what we are. Yeah, 3 now, right. Yep. I don't want to say it's a shallow 13 and 3, but it's this Big 12 is going to is going to eat up a lot of teams and we probably will get eaten up as well. Um and so I'm glad we won the games we did in the non-conference part of the season because this, you know, regular season is going to be rough. Yeah, and if you look at Ken Palm's ratings, I mean, that's pretty much how the statisticians look at it too. Stat, stat, statistician, stat. Anyways, uh, because Ken Palm, we dropped again. You know, this is like the third week in a row that we're down to like 44, 45 in the Ken Palm ratings right now. Um, and that's exactly what they're seeing, Scoot, is that it was a, it's not to say that it's a shallow, a win is a win. And that's what a coach will tell you. But there weren't a lot of like hefty wins in those 13. Well, I thought this game, though, against Oklahoma State before we move on to Kansas, I, I thought, and we were texting at the time last Tuesday, that this felt like the best complete game we've played in a long long time this was a great performance i thought we got a, a compliment to taz and sean for a change i think paulie Policap and, and uh, gabe teamed up for like 16 rebounds between the two of them the free throw shooting was terrific so and i and i thought they played great defense oklahoma state's a talented team and they were at full strength so and we you know you won by 10 it felt comfortable for large parts of this game i thought th- this was this was a great game yeah, I mean, I think Johnson and what I what I'll say to that is is it, we were so far out. I mean, we led at the half 34 to 23. And we were so far ahead. This is where the consistency, this is where the problem with this team starts to show its ugly head, which is like the the ability to be consistent throughout a whole game is tough. So, we led 
34 to 23. We lost the second half, 37 to 20, 36. So again, we this team to be able to keep it up uh, is where the 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 sort of issues starting to show, and that brings us to the Kansas game, which is a, a tale of wow. We were in it, and we played pretty good in the first half, and then the second half comes, and we forgot to how to play basketball. Well, I, I don't know what I'll. I'm going to jump in here, and then Scoot can can correct me. But you know, I, after this game went off, I really wasn't angry. I mean, largely this is what I expected. I mean, Bill Self has. I I know fans on Twitter, and maybe we'll get to that in a minute. There was a lot of negativity on Twitter. Taz and Jalen Bridges pointed to it. Um, after this game, which is unfortunate. But I think when I sat down to watch this game, I knew we'd have a fighter's chance just because this team likes to fight and mix it up and they're going to give you effort. But I think Bill Self had, like the longer this game went on, I felt like we just ran out of gas. Bill Self had a compliment of like, it felt like watching a hockey team that has two lines. He can just make a line change. They pretty much blanketed our shooters, and then, Scoot, they just let the big man eat. Like, they just let the big dog eat. McCormick feasted all game, and and Kansas essentially had, like, I felt like two sets of five that could push the ball up and down the court. They ran the whole game. Uh, they shot really well. I mean, those guys are good players to begin with, and then they were all having a good game. And McCormick, we, we just simply didn't have an answer for McCormick. You've been saying – a lot of this season, we don't really have a true big man, and we we know that we don't have anyone like a six eleven, you know, guy like that. So I think Paulie Polakab and and Gabe, you know, they tried to bang on him a little bit, but that guy's a dude, and he just sort of took over this game. And when you're shooting as well as they were, they created even more space for him that he he didn't even really need. But I felt like that just gave him even more room to operate. So th- this was a tough one. So a couple of thoughts from this game and, and talking, kind of piggybacking off what you've kind of led me down. So down the, I guess, led me down a path. I should finish my sentence. So they do have size. They've had size for the last 10 years, right? Maybe longer than that. And it's been a long line of big men. Uh, it was uh, Azabuke before it was uh, McCormick, before Azabuke, it was Perry Ellis. Uh, and before Perry and Ellis, D'Souza, or D'Souza was, was there D'Souza. for a year until he got all of his shoes and then he left. But it's been a nonstop revolving door of big men. We don't have the size to match with that. We, we just don't on this team. The other thing that is intriguing to me, and I get being upset or frustrated, but going back to the social media stuff, like not to be a jerk, but what do you guys know what our record is against Kansas since 1950? Since 1950? I don't yeah. know that. I know I, since 2012 oh, it's an Ofer, but I, I don't know what right. it is since 1950. Since the 1949-1950 season, okay. WVU is six wins, 16 losses against Look at Kansas. Scoob bringing the stats. Look at Scoob bringing the stats, Johnson. But, I mean, that skills right. And, well, right? And, I mean, and, we've been in this conference now ten years, and we've yet to get a conference win in their house, for example. So, so. we're six and sixteen. So not to be a jerk, but and I get it. You're you're you were led to believe, hey, we're in a close game at halftime. Maybe we got. Maybe this is the time. We have not won at Fog Allen, right? And our record against Kansas in general is not great. So again. You know, you can't just base your results this year against what you did in the past. But this team, if if you're believing that this is a top 10 team 
like Kansas is, I think you're, I don't know what you're drinking, but it's not what everybody else is drinking because well, I think you're one of those people that doesn't really do anything except watch the win and loss total. And if you tuned in to CBS, which didn't work for me on Hulu, sounds like a gripe when I went to watch it, it, it was, if you're listening Hulu, I was angry. Um, but anyway, the, if, if you tuned in and you were like, Oh, these two teams are 13 and two, then you're really doing yourself a disservice and you're not doing your homework because we, I mean, we know that we know those two 13 and two records aren't equal. All I'm saying is I thought I, I just like leaving this game with a loss out of fog. Allen doesn't make me feel for me as a fan scoot. It didn't really move the needle one way or the other because I, I didn't, I didn't expect us to roll in there and beat Kansas. Well, right. So, right. Right. That's the thing. If you go in and you think, Hey, we're going to just steamroll these guys. We're 13 and two. They're 13 right. and two. Our 13 and two is better than theirs. You're a fool because going on the road to any place in the big 12 is tough. Yeah. You're going to be the underdog almost in right. every game. Regardless of what their record is. Yeah. It's just how it is. Let alone that place. Right. So I think we, I, I, I like our fan base, but I think we have some misguided fans in the sense that they are not looking or reading the tea leaves, looking between the lines and, and, and seeing the overall landscape of the conference or the overall landscape of college basketball in general. And a lot of college basketball, and I've always said this, is based on matchups, right? There's going to be times where we compete really well against teams that you think, why in the world? That team is 15-1. Uh, and one. We're 7-7. Seven and seven. How did we compete against that team? But it's because of the matchups. And our matchup against Kansas is not great. When they've got a dominant big man, which they do, I mean – he he's a legit what six eleven seven foot. Guy. He's a he's a he's an MB, He's a first round NBA. And that's draft what Hug pick. said like, after the game. He said he's a first round draft pick. Yeah. Um. I mean, they've got a guard and a Baji that can shoot lights out when he gets hot, and he's a, he's a playmaker. They've got Christian Brown, who's been there eighteen years, uh, and still looks like he's twelve, and uh, <laughs> is annoying to me. But anyway, he he's a good player. So they've got three good players right there. And then, of course, they always have a young freshman or two. They had the guy with the the dreads, the ponytail point guard little guy there, and they've got another. And it's like we said on the text chain while we were talking about the game. Like, they're, they're six through eight, six through nine are starters on any other D1, on most other D1 schools. Right. Like, any, their six through nine would be starters for us. Like, so I think that's the difference is the recruiting is different. Uh, and what Bill Self, I mean, we know why Bill Self gets better recruiting, but we won't get into that. Uh, but the recruiting's different. The the program is different in general, Scooty. Well, and, and I just thought of another big man that they had in the past that like they cycle through all these guys, <laughs> Joel Embiid, who's a freak in the NBA. That's true. Like, he's a, yeah. He's well, a, yeah. but what do you guys think about Malik Curry in this game? I thought it was interesting that I I'm constantly begging, and I and look, we I meant to say it during the Oklahoma State discussion, but I think. And someone else tweeted this, and I, I had bookmarked it somewhere along the way. But I think uh, that's why it pops in my head. But Kedrian Johnson has quietly started to become a really reliable point guard for us, I thought. I really liked his game against Oklahoma State. I think he – you know, where – I think last week on the show – I want to be a Malik Curry fan, but he makes me nervous when he gets on the court because it feels like the, the ball gets a little bit wild. I feel like when Kedrian comes in, it tamps a lot of that down, and at least you feel like ball security is a little bit better. I was really impressed this game, as bad as things got against Kansas, 
Malik was still fighting. He was still scoring. He finished Guido with 23 points. I, anyway, I just think it was interesting he was able to create, and I was like, well, I like that. I'd prefer it not be in a game where we're down 20 in the second half. That, you know, like. Yeah, Johnson. So, uh, so Malik Curry, I mean, he had a great game. I mean, granted, those 23 points. Half of them were from the free throw line. Uh, he was 11 for 11, though, shooting 100% from the free throw line. Six for 13 from the field. So it was really good to see Malik uh, Malik have a great game. So what what I feel like with this this team, hear me out on my analogies are never good. So no, bear with not. me on no, this. I agree. I agree with that. We are like a car with four tires. Okay, and. This car doesn't often have, it's like we've got the check tire pressure light that goes on. And yep. uh, a lot of times it's showing two or more tires are flat or low. And so it felt like Malik Curry was full of air, but the other three tires were kind of flat in the second <laughs> half. Yeah. No, I agree. And can we get four tires that run? Can we get four good tires? <laughs> Well, but we did against Oklahoma State. Like we did. But that goes back to the consistency of all these guys, like being able to to I, I, and I guess it's a lot to ask to have whatever five guys have an on night together. I get that. Like that's not well and, something that's ever necessarily going to happen. But can we get like maybe three of them? Well, that's okay. So when uh Oklahoma State when Taz, uh McNeil and Jalen are on. We got three tires. We can run with three tires. It's not great. It's not good for your gas mileage, but we can run on three tires. <laughs> when you have one tire that's working, that's a problem. We're running off the road, right? <laughs> the alignment's all out of whack. Things are going bad. We got to get four good tires. How much of Malik Curry's success in the Kansas game stems from two things? One, Taz not feeling well, and Hugs has said it repeatedly now that like Taz has been – Taz got hit with COVID the worst. He lost weight. You know, it was the same thing that happened. I think Emmett Matthews, that's what happened to him last year. He got the COVID and lost all this weight. Um, but Taz lost all this weight. And then on top of that, you know, everybody knows Taz is who's going to get the ball. Taz is the shooter. Taz is the guy. So Kansas locks down on him. How much of that helps Malik Curry free up in this game, guys? Well, I, I think it helps him. I think Malik was operating out of necessity on on Saturday against Kansas. I think we needed somebody to score. He was willing to try and I think that's why he he realized obviously things aren't going well for the other guys. I need to step in and do something and that's admirable and that's what you want out of a point guard or a, a senior guard is you want somebody to step in and step up. What what's concerning for me and I I know Hug said he doesn't want to use excuses. Well, if Taz isn't playing well or if something's wrong with him, I'd rather him sit and get healthy and let us just try to figure something else out than a, because what ends up happening is you play short, you play down a man on offense. So why are we running guys out where we're, we're already playing a top 10 team? Why are we going to try to sabotage ourselves with the hopes that maybe Taz will kind of come out of his funk or whatever the situation may be? Yeah. And I, I just don't know that you, I just don't know that you deep dive and like try to take a lot away from this Kansas game. If anything, I think they probably regroup and try to get fully healthy and try to address some things that they think are, you know, were deficient in that game. But I, I think regardless of scheme or whatever, 
Kansas, I think we just ran into a really good Kansas team and they just right. sort of big boyed us, you know, in the second half. That That's my feeling. Interesting enough, we have two days to get ready for a really good Baylor team. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the and way, your reward saw. is the defending <laughs> yeah, you champion. You played great against yeah. Kansas. Let's give you the number one team. Right. Uh, well, right now, if you uh, you know, if you look at the rankings, I mean, you know, depending on where you look at, and you know, everybody knows we're big Ken, Ken Palm guys. Uh, Kansas was ranked seventh in Ken Palm. Uh, Baylor, second behind Gonzaga. So, you know, and on top of all of that, not only that, Baylor comes to town and plays this really weird 5 p.m. tip because ESPN wants to have something on TV. And uh, and so, like, how how amped is the Coliseum going to be when people it's are probably running in there? Yeah, it's dinner time, right? Uh, who else? Well, the- people, I mean, people are still at work. Yeah, I mean, right. it might be amped up in the second half when people finally get a chance to arrive. I, I think it stinks because this is one of those games where you, you want that Coliseum packed. I mean, you want right. that help. Well, so it's you frustrating. Heard, Hugs made some comments about it where he, he kind of alluded to, and he didn't say that he was upset about it being at five o'clock, but he kind of, you can kind of tell it. He's not thrilled that it's at five o'clock. Right. I don't, I don't know that anybody would be really. Well, and the other thing too, Guido, is like Baylor's going to come in nice and angry because Oklahoma State, you know, that's how weird this conference is, right? We just talked about how great we played against Oklahoma State. Mike Boynton takes the troops in and beats Baylor last game. And that was on right. the heels of Baylor had just lost to Texas Tech. So now you get probably a really angry Baylor team coming into the Coliseum. They don't want to lose three in a row. I mean, this is going to be, this is tough, man. This is this conference. You got to turn around and try to try to perform again. I thought it was funny uh, in the, in the broadcast uh, CBS broadcast on Saturday, they talked about how six of the top what was it? Fifty teams uh, in the defensive are all Big Twelve teams. I mean, this six in the top thirty. There's thirty. Uh, thank you. Six in the top thirty. So this conference just eats itself alive. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I will say this. I mean, I mi- I do miss the Big East days, guys. Oh man, I miss Big Twelve. It, I miss them. I do miss them. But Big Twelve, kind of a fun basketball conference. I find myself enjoying Big Twelve basketball more than I enjoy big 12 football yeah that's i would give you that yeah i'll agree with that i well and i think maybe we we feel that way because you've got this non-conference section of your schedule where you can pick up some of those rivals if you wanted to year in and year out and it's not as big of an ordeal like football they've got their schedules mapped out you know five six seven years in advance and you're hoping that you might get that one regional foe that you've played right. in the past right. and everybody else you play in your conference is nowhere close to you. This, we can kind of get some, you know, we got Pitt. We've had Pitt multiple times since we've been in the Big 12. You know, you can get some of those. We've had Virginia Tech. We've You can get some of those those foes that you typically get. And the basketball in general is really good. Right. And we've got coaches that we love to hate. Yeah, I just think, I just think these next, like, this Kansas Baylor Texas Tech stretch has got to be one of the hardest stretches of of the of the schedule right now. I would imagine. I think it would have been nice to get another win or another you know perceived possible win under our belt against that against TCU that was that was postponed earlier. You know, in our schedule. But this this is tough. And I, I, to be honest with you guys, I'm just hoping to 
get through this and steal a win in these next two games against one of these two teams. I was hoping that would be against Baylor because it's at home, but this weird 5 p.m. tip-off throws me off on that. Yeah, and if you haven't heard, going back to that TCU game, if you guys haven't heard, that game has been rescheduled right now for February 21st, which will make Huggins so pleasantly happy because now that makes that week a three-game week. So you got a Monday, a Wednesday. And it's at Texas Christian, right? So they have to yeah. fly out at some random time. Well, they play – So and here's the thing. So they play Saturday. That Saturday, the 19th, they play – Kansas, 8 p.m. in Morgantown. That's a nationally televised game again against Kansas in Morgantown on Saturday. Fly out, have to get to Fort Worth to play an 8 p.m. game on Monday against TCU. Oh, wow. So Huggins will be Jeez. all lit up about having to play. in the Because you know how he is. It'll be four games in a week. Yeah. He doesn't like that. That's tough. He gets cranked about that. But that's and Then he doesn't like the travel. That's the COVID way. Yeah. He typically... He gets jacked up there. But, yeah, so. so Baylor this week, Tuesday at 5 p.m. Yes, folks, you heard that correct, 5 p.m. That game is on ESPN2. Texas Tech, we travel to Lubbock for that game on Saturday. That game is at noon on ESPN2 as well. Uh, guys, before we leave, we should just say, you know, and we, we kind of brush by it, but the whole – you know, again, Twitter universe, social media, going after guys like Taz and Jalen after they have a tough game against Kansas. And and they posted about it on their social media. We saw guys like John Flowers and and the you know, the guys from the the final forecast get on there. Jake Lance posted something about it. Like it's ridiculous how <laughs> I don't understand. Like wh- why do what do people think they're going to achieve by, you know, sending not necessarily death threats but negative emails and or text and dms and listen, to these guys again i say this it whether it was a team we should have beaten or a team we should have lost one you tweeting at a guy or texting a guy or probably not texting you know dming a guy yeah, dming like that's not going to make them feel any better you telling them that they should have done x y and z they don't really need to hear that they already know that right and I guarantee you, whatever you've told them, the coaches have told them hours, days before, hey, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? They don't need to hear it again. Yeah, and, and just as much as I like Twitter, it's like it amplifies the most negative voices in the room, which is frustrating. I mean, there's a lot of people coming to support them as well, but you kind of get drowned out by the dumbness of right. the negative tweets that they're getting. You know, that's, right. And you got to remember, they're what? 22 and under year old guys like i mean come on what are you doing come on. like let's yeah like and the scheme of things and i know that they're getting you know free cars from four dealerships or whatever free pepperoni rolls from places but uh with that said guys like it's just ridiculous you don't need to be dming them or tweeting at them saying you know you stink tell you so, what you, you send me some you're not a fan. send me some that, free cars send me some free pepperoni rolls and then you can at me on twitter yeah, they can at you all day long. That's right. I mean, that's true. Well, listen, guys, let's take a break. We're going to come back in segment two and talk about WVU football and some of the stuff that's happened in the last week since we did our show. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortech Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortechKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortech, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company 
specializing in fast opening, high quality, everyday carry knives. Vortech Knives. everybody welcome back to got your ears on guido here along with scoot and johnson don't forget you can find us on the social medias look for us online you can find us at twitter and instagram just look for us at got your ears and you can find us on facebook just search got your ears on guys let's talk football so uh for those of you who listened last week you may have heard like during the show like literally breaking news we knew nothing about it or little about it uh and didn't even know much about him graham harrell was signed as our new offensive coordinator and it's kind of put ripples through the uh through the program it it, it was really interesting we tweeted out um coach head coach neil brown went on sports talk uh with uh tony caridi and those guys um i think midweek and pretty much admitted that the offense has not been good it's i mean i'll paraphrase a little bit They've struggled. There's been problems, and this was a big step to make. And he he pretty much said that you know uh, Graham is going to be the guy. He's going to be making the plays. He's going to be making the calls. Scoot, has this changed your opinion? Are are you are you thinking about the climb again? Well, okay. So I am a very very much uh, true to form uh, West Virginia fan. I will uh, be easily <laughs> swayed back uh, various different directions. Take away the whole Graham Harrell thing. Put that on the side. What I've been waiting for was a more humbled approach, a more humbled um, uh, thought process, or, or maybe I guess like a transparency from from Neil Brown, right? And I think we actually saw that in his statement when they announced that they were hiring Graham Harrell. For me, if you kind of come clean and you kind of talk about what you, you know where you had some missteps I felt during the season he wasn't doing that but this was kind of like a um uh there is a phrase Johnson that comes to mind a mea culpa is that the phrase I want me, me yeah, culpa. mea culpa like a where you kind of take on the responsibility or you kind of have like a a uh an open humbleness about you you're accepting some of all of you you know you're accepting your wrongs from the past yeah and yeah it's more of an acknowledge like you know like okay i i get it i acknowledge he acknowledged it. That, it i mean he and he had said he, he he said in the statement he goes i've been serving dual roles as offensive coordinator and head coach and we need to bring in another voice for the offense and i think that's big scoot i think that's what you liked yeah because we had said all season like who's offensive coordinator who's making the play calls well that was our well, answer right and there. We were uh, listen. I apologize to my 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 friend the Frenchman because, <laughs> and it, it's really not his fault. But Neil Brown didn't help him at all by just not being clear on what was going on. So my thought process is: you've named this guy offensive coordinator. He must be calling the plays. But little did we know, he's just uh, helping him kind of formulate the scheme. I guess. And Neil Brown seemed to be calling the plays. Well, I I think it was big of Neil Brown to do that. I mean, I think we I think you're right, Scoot. Like I I liked that. I liked seeing him say that and kind of admit to that. And to me, this was it's funny how it's funny how it does sway. Right, you're talking about being swayed. Th this felt like 
the energy that we had been begging for. Like this felt like a huge shot in the arm early last week. It was it was like the thing that we were all looking for. So I commend them. I think it's a great hire. I think it's a great move. And I think it immediately gives the juice squad even more juice, Scoot. I think it's like a shot in the arm. Well, and the way I the way I gauge it, right? So when we heard the news about Jared Deggy not coming back, okay, I was like, okay, that's that's good with me. Let's see where we go with this, right? It, it it wasn't like I was super thrilled because he wasn't coming back, but it was like, okay. And I'll, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was never a big fan of his playing ability or playing style. Well, and I think it's, it's one of those reactions where you're – because I thought the same thing, but mine was more of, okay, then – there must be a plan here or what's the like what you know okay that's fine but what's the plan here and now this hire seems to start to cement that into place and makes you like i feel like that was the comfort i was looking okay like we're not just flinging a guy off the roster it actually looks well, like we're moving in a new direction here so there, for me there's two different like there's two different emotions right when Jared Deggy announcement came out it was a sense of relief for me right when they announced Graham Harrell's hiring that was a sense of excitement for me. Yeah, right. right. So I went from, okay, well, we still have, I mean, you can get rid of Jared Deggie, but if other things don't change, it's really not change. Because if we're going to run uh, Goose or Nico or uh, Garrett out there as the starting quarterback and we're still doing the same things, that's probably going to bring similar results. So the fact that we, now we've got some other changes that's exciting that's we needed some fresh energy you know i'm excited to see and and graham harrell's got a nice proven track record of not only coaching quarterbacks but also um uh, running offenses that are very successful and you see progress I mean, from year one to year two three four and so here, here's the thing a question i have for you guys which is you know so graham harrell you know, when he played, he was an air raid guy. He kind of has tendencies, even though I know there's been a lot of like, oh, he 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 was still. He kind of has tendencies as a coach, as a coordinator, as an air raid guy. I mean, how does that change your perspective? I mean, are, are we back to having? Are we? Do we need to have? And have we recruited for an air raid offense? Well, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna pass the ball down the field a little bit more than we have been. We're not gonna see these little five yard dink dunk little passes. I think we're going to see some, but I think it's going to be opened up a little bit by some long play. Um, what I also think is that we're going to see a fresh mind. I don't know that we're currently set up for that. I mean, we've got uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton still in the, in the fray. We've got Caden Prather, um, Reese Smith. We brought on Jeremiah Aaron, I believe his name is a Juco transfer. Uh, so we've got some options there, but from everything I've read and looked at, um, Graham Harrell has also uh, utilized the running game quite a bit to help his quarterbacks with the with the throwing down the field. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think the big news, or I guess what happened on Twitter this week was interesting. He gets announced as the OC, and then all of a sudden, there's a lot of talk about Jackson Dart, who's the five-star you know, quarterback who played part of the year for USC uh, entering the transfer portal and then all of a sudden is he visiting WVU is he coming to meet with us is he he's going all these other places it didn't look like Johnson though that that flushed out the way we were kind of hoping yeah it, it was fun while it lasted right I mean it was 
it was a lot of flurry of of maybes, but then he's already since listed his top three, and those don't include WVU. So a bit of a letdown there, but it just would have been fun. It felt like we got greedy, right? We've already got Nico and Goose, and we and so then this pops this pops up, and everyone went, "Oh yeah, him too." You know, it's like hungry, hungry hippos, like trying to get another quarterback in the room. But I I thought I thought it was interesting. The timing was really interesting, but. It looks like that's not going to come to fruition. Now, Scoot may not want to hear this, but we also saw uh, Tyson Badgent. I, I still don't know if I'm saying his name correctly, his last name correctly, but he was uh, he was sitting beside Coach Neil Brown at the uh, Oklahoma State game in the Coliseum. So I, you know, is there a courtship there? Is there, are they trying to feel that out and see if that's a possibility? I, you know, it is interesting. I don't know. I will say this, and then I'll let Scoot talk because I know he's got a lot to say about this. I'll say this: I got I, as much as I think people are like, "Oh, look at he's he's going to bring this guy." I kind of feel like maybe Neil Brown is bringing him in or looking looking to bring him in more as filling a role that somebody else might leave between now and when the season starts in that quarterback room. Um, and so I think that's more of where I'm at on it. Like, does uh, Crowder, does Goose, or does Garrett Green leave, and we need that third guy in that room? I, I, I don't. I can't see a guy coming from D2 playing at Shepard. And I know he was like whatever the D2 player of the year. He was, you know, an offensively he was a freak for them. Um, but that's D2, and the the guy just everything about going from D2 to uh, you know power five D1 is. A ginormous shift. Yeah, and that that's right. And Scoot, I would say too, like let so if you're if you're Coach Neil Brown and you know, I don't see Graham Harrell sitting beside him in the in the Coliseum. So my my other thought too was the timing of all of this just Let's make sure that's who Graham Harrell wants. And, you know, he's already coming out with hashtag let it fly. Like, I want to see Graham Harrell get someone in place who he feels like can, in fact, let it fly. Now, maybe that is now maybe that is this kid. I don't I don't know. But right. Maybe it is. But just let's make sure if you've said you're going to take a step back and, you know, let someone else have more control of the offense, then let them do that. Let them get their guy. Let's just make sure that happens. That was my initial feeling. Well, no disrespect to Tyson. He was a great quarterback at uh, Martinsburg on the Eastern Panhandle. He um, had a great high school career, has done really well at Shepard. For me, uh, it doesn't really move the needle to bring in a guy uh, like Tyson Badgett to be the starting quarterback for a year or two until Nico or Goose or whoever, Raheem Jeter, who's going to be a freshman, uh, you know, he's one of the recruits that we're bringing in as a quarterback. I, to me, I'd rather let's just see what the three guys. Let's go into the the spring and have a true quarterback competition. Let's see what these three guys can do. Now, if you were to say Jackson Dart was going to come, I'm excited about that. I'm not going to lie because that's a guy that's had Power Five experience. He was, you know, National Player of the Year. That's a different. That is a different animal altogether. If you've got a seasoned power five quarterback who Graham Harrell is interested in again, going along with what you said, Johnson, because like you said, and maybe it was the timing, maybe this, this meeting was already set up before and probably was set up before Graham Harrell was ever hired. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and maybe at the time it was set up, we weren't even sure if Graham Harrell was interested in the job. I don't right. know. Right. That's a good point. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping that 
we go in and and what is a if, if we're being told it's a competition i hope it's a true competition i don't want to see it be um you know just handed to somebody just because that's what we're going to do kind of what it felt like we did with Jarrett Dagey. like i don't think the other guys had a shot at, at seeing you know number one snaps snaps with the the number right. ones speaking of which Jarrett Dagey entered the transfer portal as you all know he's got a new home guys i mean congrats to him he's going to western kentucky university so kind of back to as scoot would say kind of back maybe to the level that he uh should be on maybe i mean uh, and like here's the thing he threw for three over three thousand yards this year for wvu 19 touchdowns he did have 12 interceptions in his final season in morgantown but he leaves wvu fifth all time guys in passing yards so he's on you know he's gonna be forever cemented right now in in the record books i don't dislike the guy i i wish him nothing but the best um i i think he'll do really well i really do i think he'll have a good season um he had decent seasons when he was at bowling green uh and that's what led him to wvu is those decent seasons there i do think he'll have a pretty good year for western kentucky i wish he wish him the best i wish he does well um so i've got no ill will toward the guy i just well i'm and i'm like happy style of play i'm happy to scoot because i think it allows all party it feels like all parties then can move on positively you know i mean i know well right he didn't there was no love loss between him and the fans at wvu but at least he can now go in a you know there i have i can only imagine wku is going to be excited to get him and he can probably finish an out positively now you know instead of a bad feeling with us if he goes transfer portal and doesn't get picked up by a school it feels like we just kind of pushed him out the door right so i do think that's a it's a good thing yeah on top of that a couple other guys enter the transfer portal jackie matthews uh gets to mississippi state sean ryan i think we may have said this last week on the show goes to Rutgers. sam brown sam brown goes back to holgs and uh goes that's to Houston. Right. committed to houston we also saw um, Jamila Dye and the uh, Georgia Bulldogs are now national champions. Scoot, this continues to feel like an old uh, girlfriend that I broke up with and I can't get over, but I'm happy f- I'm happy for him in his new home. But, man, that, um, that's big things going on there. Are you guys concerned that we're not hearing more about guys from other Power 5 schools coming to us? I mean, yeah, and, like, uh, you know, I think Scooty and I, we were talking earlier about this, like, if you're going to get a transfer guy, a guy from the transfer portal, he's got and if you want him to be uh at spring practices, he's got to have he's this week is the week he's got to commit because classes have already started. You've got to get yourself enrolled. I think the last day true last day for enrollment might have been last week, but you know, I think there's a little bit of forgiveness for guys who are student athletes coming in a little late, but like you got to get them in classes soon. If you want them to be able to uh, attend spring practice. Yeah, and I think the scoot, the Graham Harrell, as much as I'm excited about it, it also is a nice bit of like look at deflection. Over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it sort of like takes your attention away from I don't know, like the 30, 33 players now, I think, since August of 2020 that have headed headed into the transfer portal. And I think we may have said that a bit on last week's show too. The the imports exports don't feel equitable right now, right? Well, they, they just don't. And and I don't. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong because maybe I've not seen it. But it's not like we've taken on a lot of. All of a sudden now, our wide receivers room has gotten a little sparse, and we've not taken on a lot of transfers 
in the transfer portal that play wide receiver that I've seen. So I like I can I can name I'm sure there were some redshirt freshmen that I don't know of. But Caden Prather, Bryce Ford Wheaton, Reese Smith, and I don't know who else, right? So those guys better have uh, hot hands, hands ready to catch footballs because <laughs> they're going to be catching a ton of them. It's an empty room. It is an empty room right now. So we'll see what happens. Also, congratulations, guys, to Darius Stills. He signed, he gets to join an old friend too. He signs with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's not on the roster right now for playoffs, but he is a reserved future player along with Gary Jennings. So it's like old WVU time hanging out there in uh, Kansas City for the Chiefs coming up. I thought you were going to say that uh, he was good friends with Andy Reid, an old friend. Uh, they might be. Little, little known fact. Little known fact. I still like Andy Reid as a coach. He's kind of fun to watch. Oh, yeah. You know, that, I like that walrusy right. sort of look that he has on the sidelines <laughs> i hope no one ever says that about me that walrusy look that i have sitting over here behind the microphone compares you to a walrus <laughs> yeah right um and also congratulations to rasul douglas who uh finishes the season as an all pro uh and had a couple he, what it was it like two or three weeks in a row he strung together uh interceptions pick sixes yeah and it was one of those things where i mean they picked him up off of uh, another team's practice squad and he just had a phenomenal end to the season so i think it's super exciting he's got to feel great about it and i mean he's now with green bay i mean he's in prime you know he, he already has a super bowl ring with the eagles i think he's in like prime company now to head back toward a, an nfl championship so it's exciting fun to watch yeah definitely fun to watch well listen guys uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with a segment where we let Scooty search the internet for the ridiculous. It's a segment we like to call, I can't believe my ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to got your ears on tactical Legion knives, a West Virginia owned and operated company that specializes in heavy duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. Welcome back to Got Your Ears on Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. And listen, don't forget, you can check out our website, gotyourearson.com. It's super cool, right, Johnson? It is super cool, if I do say so myself. We put each show up there in blog form with all of our show notes and links to stuff we talked about if you want to check it out further. You can also click through to the merch store. Anything you buy helps our donation to the Hugs Fish Fry. And you can listen to the latest show via the tune in link right in the sidebar so check it all out yeah check it out got your ears on dot com well every week we let scooty go out on the internet and find what we like to think is ridiculous and he probably thinks is normal it's a little segment we like to call i can't believe my ears what do you got for us this week scooty okay fellas well i, I got a question for you okay guido if uh you had to pick your dream job what would it be uh hosting a podcast about West Virginia University sports. Obviously. Okay. Right? And Johnson, if you had to pick something, 
Your dream job? Uh, a dream job? I would yeah. be like a Call of Duty weapons tester, I guess, or something, where I just got to play games all day. Like something, you know, ridiculous like that. Professional video game player. Yeah, professional, uh, you know, Twitch streamer or something of that nature. Well, there's a gentleman from Japan named uh, Shoji Morimoto. Okay. 38-year-old okay. guy. I'm sure that's exactly how they say it but who knows i don't know i'm not even going to attempt otherwise but um he is making a career out of something a little bit different okay he is a do nothing rent a man (laughs) okay (laughs) so is this hold on a second let me try to let me try to get ahead of this really quick so is this (laughs) like oh crap I just simply need a. I I need it. I need this situation to appear like there is a man involved. I don't even. It, this doesn't even feel like I. I've, I've been invited to a wedding and I need a man with me. This even seems like more docile than that, right? Like that's correct. He does nothing. Like you hire him to do nothing <laughs> around you. Okay. So, um, and he's booked all the time. Like he's like he's like he's booked solid. Busy. He said he's almost completely booked. He's um, so like so like you could pay him to just like stand in the corner of your office all day and do nothing. Yes, he says. Um, well, what about, are some example things he gets hired to not do then? Well, um, it's said that uh, he will go wherever he needs to, wherever he gets called to go. He'll sit, stand, wear his blue hat and backpack until it's time to check out. Um, <laughs> all right. He does nothing more, nothing less. Uh, there was a story about a woman who hires him. She's hired him more than once to go drink coffee with him. He'll go, he will drink coffee, but then he does he will not talk to her. Like he just does not talk. He just kind of sits. Um, he doesn't well, that, initiate Guido, conversation. That now feels weird and sad to me. He will reply to chit chat, but that's it. He said, um, uh, let's see. He, uh, he gets paid for his silence. He doesn't judge. He doesn't argue. He says he just exists in her life. This lady's <laughs> life that, um, it's, it's pretty amazing. This is, this is honestly weird. Like I'm trying to figure out how I feel about this. Is the, is the blue hat and backpack like his signature, not do anything attire. That, oh, that's the guy you were like, Oh, you've, you've got, you've yeah. hired the do nothing guy. Right. Um, by I the way, he, he has another follower right now on Twitter because Got Your Ears On just followed him. I, <laughs> I guess. We might need somebody to do nothing yeah, on our show, right? guys. Because the mean, three of us, you know, we already don't do anything. We need a third person to do nothing. I prove to you right. that I do nothing and I'm going to get paid for doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate, like, in-your-face mom. Right. So much so that in 2021, an Amazon Prime uh, 12-part TV show is based loosely off this guy's life. <laughs> This is now absurd. He's made a good living. He's taking doing nothing to new heights. He really is. He also, and I quote, there's nothing more fun than doing nothing. <laughs> like, this is my dream job. This is my dream job. Like, you want to pay me to sit or stand? I won't say anything. It'll be tough. I mean, actually, <laughs> I was it's tough say, for you, me. I don't think you yeah, can do it'll this. It'll be I tough. Do you really think you could do this? I don't know if you could do this. Well, they you said he'll do chit chat. <laughs> he'll do the chit chat. You could own some small chit chats. I mean, yeah, you want to talk weather? Okay. 
I mean, screw that's what that's what you should do. You should start a Twitter account where you are the the American guy. version. I'll be the American version of Shoji Morimoto. Right. We'll have like we'll franchise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to pay. Right. Him, you're gonna have to pay him a fee to do nothing. Do nothing. That's, U.S. Brand. Now it yes. doesn't say how much he charges, which I would like to know. So I don't know how much he gets paid. Like, do you think he like if he's making more money than us? We've got to be upset, right? I think we got to be <laughs> well. Mad. And do, well, I guarantee he is in terms of this podcast revenue, right? He is definitely <laughs> right. making more money. But um, do you think he's like you know chit chatting? Uh, lightly over coffee, and then he's like, uh, he's like, look, we got to wrap this up. I got to do nothing at this <laughs> other place at four o'clock. You I've know? got another <laughs> gig. Yeah, like, I'm scheduled I, I'm, to go stand in a corner right. uh, <laughs> in the executive building at four o'clock, guys. Can we wrap this up? I'm running. I'm. I'm gonna. You're gonna make me late to do nothing at my next like, spot. So let's say you're a store owner. Do you hire this guy to stand in there to look, make the place look like it's busy? Yeah. Maybe I mean, he's got some friends. Bet, Maybe it's. I like bet a, that's a market that he that he can cater to. Yeah, I agree. I can do that for you. You could do that. I mean, you could definitely, you would. I Listen, I am really good at two things, standing and sitting. I can do both. <laughs> Dual threat is what you're saying. Yeah, you could do both. You need me to sit? Yeah, I can sit. You need me to stand? Good at pacing. Like, I excel at pacing. I've, oh. I've got a long history of it. Well, I am interested to know what he's making for this. I am in, like, we'll have to dig that up because I'm interested to know what an annual salary of doing nothing pays. Listen, like a, I think the three of us, maybe we turn this into a, a thing, right? Like, yeah. like, like, uh, and then we get on undercover boss and, right. and we, we go undercover, <laughs> undercover doing nothing. <laughs> we go to make sure that our do nothingers are doing nothing. Uh, what if, what if we go, we need to go to uh what's the show where they pitch the oh, shark tank. Like, we need to go uh, to shark tank. We need to pitch this on shark tank. Scooty. We need to yes, just stand there. Yeah. They'll be like, what do you guys do? Uh, nothing. Like nothing. you're looking, you're looking at, at it right here. Like to me, these are kind of like, and it's weird to me, but like, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm misguided on this. Is this like the blue man group without the blue men part? But the blue man group do things though. Well, but it does feel like one of those things that or like is like just picks up. You fired a mime without the mime stuff. (laughs) But again, well, I was just saying mimes do things. They pretend like they're trapped in boxes. Yeah, this this feels like one of those things that just sort of like took on a life of its own. Like, here's the thing: what happens if you hire this guy to do nothing? And then you ask him to do something. I think that I think he walks I mean, out. How does that that's work? a breach of contract. Yeah. I think he's like, like hey, you're hey not that's not what you're paying this. me for. Right. Can you go right? grab me a DC out of the fridge? Yeah. Take care. Brush your hair. He's out. Yeah, he's, he's out. <laughs> he's getting up. He's I, mean, leaving. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this world is uh, is is uh, it's easy to find jobs like this. I, I think I, I know some people that probably qualify for this type of job, but <laughs> just haven't realized it yet. <laughs> I mean, we already know a lot of people who try to do this job just unsuccessfully. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we should probably wrap it up this week. We'll be back next week for another show. Two basketball games this week. We face Baylor at 5 p.m. in the Coliseum on Tuesday. That game is on ESPN2. And then we travel to Lubbock to play Texas Tech on Saturday. That game is on ESPN2 as well. And it's at noon. So definitely check those out, guys. And don't forget, look for us online. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also search for us on Facebook and check out our website, GotYourEarsOn.com. We'll be back next week with another show. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On.